Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Maura Z, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, May 10th. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 59. We are going to be reading from the second paragraph that starts here are the steps we took. Through step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure others, them or others, excuse me, and we'll be commenting on steps eight and nine. Reference numbers for yesterday, <coughs> excuse me, Wednesday, May 9th. At the 7 a.m. meeting, 11393, 11393. And yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting, 11395, 11395. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. Excuse me. I'm sorry. We welcome every <coughs> excuse me. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Lori W., would you please read OA's 12 steps? Good morning, Maura. It would be my pleasure. This is Lori W., a recovered compulsive overeater in Atlanta, Georgia. These are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to other, another human being, the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service this morning, family. Thank you, Lori W., for doing service. And Melissa C.K., would you please read OA's 12 Traditions? Sure. Good morning, Mara. Good morning, everyone. This is Melissa C.K., Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and <clears throat> other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for this opportunity to do service. I pass. Thank you, Melissa. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. At two minutes, 50 seconds, I will give a gentle reminder. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we're on page 59. We will be reading from the second paragraph that starts, here are the steps we took. And we'll be reading through step nine. 
may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And I will now ask Miss Mary B. to begin reading for us. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Miss Mara. Thank you so much for your service. This is Mary B. Gratefully Recovered Compulsive Eater in Central California. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Again, I am Mary B., gratefully recovered, compulsive eater. Thanks to these beautiful, wonderful steps. I just can share the way uh, this, what this program means to me and how I experience it and how I see it. And I see every step that I take as preparation for the next step. And what I have done so far, step one through seven, is kind of getting rid of the old Mary. This is like a debut. I'm going to walk free as a result of these steps, leaving the old Mary behind and coming out reborn or renewed, certainly changed. And step eight and nine, making a list of all persons I had harmed, this begins to heal my relationships with others. I needed help with that step because I am a master rationalizer, and I love to blame other people. That was a tough one for me to get through. It came up in my inventory so many times. So I, I needed my sponsor to help me make that list of the people I had harmed. And it was mostly uh, my family, my children, my ex-husband at the time. That was a difficult one also and making financial amends because another one of my major defects was stealing. I never had enough of anything, not enough food, not enough of anything. And I um, took a, a lot and had to make those face-to-face, in-person, financial amends wherever possible. And... Um, Step nine, making those direct amends. Um, I postponed 
making that amends to my ex-husband because I couldn't imagine how I could do it without pointing out his defects. And of course, the big book tells me I'm not to do that. I'm only to speak about my my place, about um, my part. And it took quite a while for me to be able to do that. I had to get right out to make the most difficult amends, going to J.C. Penney into the office of the financial manager to make a financial amend was very difficult. But I, I did Simple it. Simple reminder. I, thank you, darling. So step nine, um, cleaning up the wreckage of my past with the people in my life to prepare me to be more useful to God and my fellows. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Mary B. Okay. Some good stuff as always every day. Good stuff because we're reading the big book. If you would like to share on this, would you please press star one and give me your first name, last initial one time, and I'll repeat it back. Thank you. Who would like to share star one? Katie G. from Boston. Katie G. Nessa R. Nessa R. Katie F. Katie F. Lynn S. Valerie B. Barbara E. Did I hear a Valerie B.? Yes, ma'am. Okay, and a Barbara E. And let's stop there. I've got Katie G, Nessa R, Katie F, Lynn S, Valerie B, and Barbara E. Katie G, would you get us started? I will, Morazi. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic, and Bulimic. First thing, if you're not on this step, if you are on step one through seven, please let me beg of you, do not, do not do an amend. Please, please, please. Um, Amends are so precious. Um, Wait until you're here and you have direct um, instructions. So that's just my qualifier. Um, first of all, what I've taught, been taught is I already have my list. I made it in step four. This isn't I'm sorry. This is change. In fact, sorry means sorry, sad, regret, pitiful. When I go to someone, I am with an amend. I am saying I'm going to change. I was wrong when I treated you so badly. I, um, that was, that was completely inappropriate and I regret my behavior and I am going to change. That is the point of this whole work. I am going to change. Um, and if I'm not ready to change, I should not be making an amend. Um, this is not an amend to myself. I've heard that. There's no amends to myself. The amend I do to myself is showing up, not eating and doing the work. I mean, and this also, it's not about feeling good. This is about setting right or wrong. And I'm going to tell you, and not to, not to be negative, Nelly, but I've made amends where people have said, yeah, Katie, you know, you um, have a lot of drive and you really want to go somewhere in your career, but you don't have any people skills. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I started snot nose messy crying after the amend. And then I started laughing because it's like, yep, I don't have any people skills, folks. I have been hiding in the food. I've been using food as a drug for my whole life as my solution. Of course, I don't have any people skills. Um, you know, and this isn't about getting results. This is about restoring another person's harm so that I can end the isolation that has, that has been created by my disease from God and others. Um, 
And another thing I've heard is, you know, um, oh, well, I haven't done any damage. I've just done damage to me. I've, um, I've slandered people in my head. Let me tell you, if I'm slandering you in my head, trust me, you know, you know, I'm, if, if, you've, if you're talking about others, how's your behavior at work? Are you on the phone? Are you texting? Or are you doing the job you're being paid to do? These are all questions I had to ask myself. Who did I steal food from? Um, and then, you know, when I was looking at um, amends to my family and to friends, it was like, what kind of daughter am I? You know, what kind, like, irregardless of the kind of mom I had, what kind of daughter am I? And what kind of, what kind of wife am I today? Irregardless, it, we disregard the other person entirely. And we must do them all. Because this is one of the places in the book that it promises me. If I do not do all my amends, I will eat. I have done hundreds of amends, and it's not because I'm a good person. It's because I'm a loudmouth, selfish addict. And this program has taught me how to restore harm today. And it is such a privilege to be taught how to do it one day at a time. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Katie G. Nessa R, it is your turn, followed by Katie F. Hi, good morning. My name is Nessa R, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And um, all I have to say is ditto to what um, Katie G just shared because that's exactly what I wanted to uh, to share. I don't know what I'm much more I can add. You know, um, amends means to change. It doesn't mean to it doesn't mean to apologize. Um, and so the real amends that I make, in addition to apology or restitution, whatever uh, is required, is actually to change so that I so that I don't repeat those behaviors that put me in a position to. Um, hurt others, hurt myself, uh, and how do I change? Well, I don't change myself. I've been trying for years. You know, how do I know what I don't know? I always think the way I think. So I need a new way of thinking which will guide my feelings and therefore will guide my actions. And, you know, that is what's given to me by the steps. It makes me into a fitting vessel for God to uh, effect a transformation in me. And that is how I make amends to myself. Amends to myself means I'm going to change. It doesn't mean, you know, I'm going to be kind to myself and go to the spa and take the day off and, you know, all those things, you know, get a manicure. It means that I'm going to change. And, you know, something I want to add, just so that I don't repeat what um, Katie said, is that when making amends, we cannot have any expectations. It's very, very important that we realize I make amends because I need to make the amends in order for me to recover and be well. You know, uh, oftentimes we go into uh, making amends with ulterior motives, you know, uh, or we don't want to make amends because we think, well, I don't want to do a favor to that person. We're not doing a favor to that person, or we're not giving that person the, the, the satisfaction or whatever it is. We're doing it because we need to stay well, and so it has to be without expectations. Without expectations that the amends will be accepted that there will be reconciliation of the relationship, a rebuilding of the relationship that will be admired, that we will be understood, that we will be excused, or that the other person is going to make amends of their own. It has to be without expectations. Whatever happens, the outcome is not what is required for, um, for our recovery. The step doesn't say, you know, to uh, obtain forgiveness for, from others. It means to make amends. And as long as I make my amends, you know, um, and of course change the behavior so that I don't repeat it, um, um, you know, through uh, the working of the 12 steps and the grace of God, then I've done my job. And with that, I pass. Thank you. 
Thank you, Nessa R. Katie S., it is your turn, followed by Lynn S. Good, oh, good morning, Mrs. Katie S., a recovered compulsive overeater. And, you know, I, I hid from this step for a very long time. I, I was so scared of, of what it was going to be like to have to make amends and thought that it would be, you know, sharing, sharing with my mother how much I resented the things that she made me do as a child when I should have been able to just go out and play or resenting my father for uh, not having a relationship with me, not seeing him for a year or two, at a, or not two, but, you know, once a year and, and all those kind of things. And, you know, I got through all of that stuff. But now in my life, you know, I make amends quickly. And the thing that is so different is that I don't know how they feel about it, but I am instantly back into a place of neutrality with the world around me. And I feel at peace and centered with my higher power and like I can function. When I'm living in resentment and living in fear and um, just in any place of needing to make an amends because things aren't right. I, I'm just out of sorts. I just can't, um, I can't live my life. And, you know, I still have to go and make amends on, you know, a somewhat regular basis because I fall short. You know, it says when we fall short, it doesn't say if, or it doesn't, you know, leave that out because you're supposed to arrive to some utopic place where you never, um, are too tired or too, um, frazzled to uh, behave properly? You know, are you not thrown off by something that happens and you blurt out something you you instantly regret? Um, But the difference is, and the thing that I had to get over, is that it doesn't always mean that my relationship with that person is then right um, and good. I have a neighbor, I only have one neighbor, and she just doesn't like me. Um, She's, uh, I don't need to take her inventory, but she's she definitely has some mental issues, and you know, I did one thing wrong one time. I didn't realize she was behind me. I um, was in blocking her from the driveway, and I didn't realize that she was trying to get through. and And I heard about it for weeks of how furious she was with me. And so I called her up, and I didn't get her. I left her a message, and I apologized. I think I even wrote her a note. And you know, I've done my part, and I don't, you know, I can't fix her. In the eye. If I were to run into her and I saw her, I could speak to her and be kind to her. And that is the difference. That before I would have to run away from people or you know avoid them in the grocery store because I was afraid of um, the embarrassment. But I don't live that way today. I can look the world in the eye, and I am so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Whoop! Way to go on time. God, I love you guys. Lynn S., it is your turn, followed by Valerie B. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. It's funny, I'm saying recovered, and I'm just wondering right there, right now, because I had, a couple of weeks ago, I drove past a binge place that I've driven past a hundred times before. And I turned my head and I looked and I thought, what was the name of that pizza slice I used to get? Oh, yeah, Canadiana. That was good. And then from there I'd walk across and go to the grocery store and pick up this, that, and the other thing. And the next thought in my head was, I must remember that for my next binge. 
and that really made me stop and wonder, Lynn, what is going on with you? Like, what, what is this? And I had to sit and think for a minute and say, what is the problem here? And I reviewed, you know, spiritual life is really good. I mean, I'm levitating. Everything is wonderful. I said, yeah, but what about your step work? And I went, oh, my goodness. I dropped my step work. I didn't complete my step nine. And it hit me like I couldn't believe it. Like, how could something so significant as that drop right out of my head? Well, how could it? Well, because I'd done the easy ones or the ones I wanted to, and then I got busy doing something else. This isn't the first time this has happened to me, something like this in program. I got busy doing something else. So thank you, God, from the bottom of my heart. I got this reminder. I've picked up the step work again. And, you know, doing them, looking at the list, checking off the ones that can be done right now, sending a letter to somebody who won't talk to me, phone to sponsee, um, I need to make an amends there, haven't heard back from them yet, and then there's always the question, how many times do you call, are you bothering them, not bothering them, maybe they don't want to talk to you, but realizing the amend can be made another way, the point is keep doing it. And the one with the sponsee is important to me because I realized how selfish I had been with my time. And I've noticed working with other sponsees that same tendency has, has come up. So to be able to mend that behavior and note it right away while I'm still waiting to get in touch with the other one, it's, it, it's huge because this is the whole point to change my behavior. I made an amend last night. And it's funny, it didn't quite go the way I wanted. The person said, yeah, as a matter of fact, you are like that. But I just, you know, checked to see if it's a full moon out. And then they mentioned some other things that I had done. And this only happened to me one other time making amends. And the first time it happened, it was fine. It washed over me like a duck with water down its back. But last night, I wasn't too happy about that, I must admit. But it was true. Everything he said to me was true. And it's a good example in my face to now amend that behavior with him and everyone else. I am so grateful for this opportunity to recover. And since I remember that, thank you, my step nine hadn't been done. And since I've picked it up and done the work, the food is quiet. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lynn S. Valerie B., it is your turn, followed by Barbara E., Valerie B. Star One. Hi. Uh, can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Great. Hi, this is Valerie B. Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Um, I happen to be working on these steps right now with my sponsor again. And um, it, this time it is a whole new amazing thing. It seems like every time I go through the steps, you know, I go deeper with 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 my with God, with my higher power. My heart is changed more. My heart becomes more pliable, more loving. I can I I I have more empathy for other people. And this week was so amazing because um, I uh, in my my one of my last uh, few few. A while back, I went through and I I I had done my inventory and made amends, but I had to put some of these people back on my list again, you know. Um, and I had to go through the whole thing. Well, this time, 
I saw these people that, you know, I've known for years, been, you know, close to, and um, it was, I had made amends to them before, a verbal, verbal amends, and I meant it, I really meant it, and, um, and I, but I had to do it again, and I mean, this time, I, you know, um, my higher power arranged it so that I was actually spent time with them because they live far away from me. And it was so amazing, and they could see such a difference. Like, I, I, it, the way when they came into my house, the way I treated them, things I did, you know, I, I could see, you know, I could see on my, um, my relatives and my friends' face. I, I actually had, was, had face-to-face with them. It was all in one week. It was very intense. And uh, I could see in their eyes. I would look in their eyes, and we spoke, and things were so different. And, and you know, you know, like, you know, it was just like, I mean, it, it was amazing. And I knew that it wasn't me. I knew that the strength and this whole thing came from a power that is greater than myself. Because I've tried to make things right in my life so many times and was a miserable failure. But, you know, the deeper we go with, with our higher power and the deeper we get into the steps and the deeper we get into this program, it is amazing the love that flowed. And it didn't matter whether it came back because I was getting the love from my higher power, which is God. And I, I was able to love them and, sir, and, and just be helpful and be serving to them, not in a bad way, but in a good way. I can't tell you how amazingly free that I, I, it has made me. And I am so grateful. I am so amazingly grateful. And people that, like, this one person that, like, she just, you know, my, you know, all, the whole time I've known her, she's never really liked me. Well, I was able to see her, and I, I and, 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 and it's nice when. It's Gentle nice reminder. When, okay. Okay, um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Valerie B. Barbara E., it is your turn. Thank you so much, Maura, for your service. And I, I know it's, we only have three precious minutes, but yesterday I was a humble listener and I loved what the 7 to 9 a.m. sharers shared and the 10 a.m. sharers. I learned so much more by listening. But today I felt compelled to claim my seat because 8 and 9 really were life-changing for me. Step seven gave me the opportunity to turn towards God and humbly ask him to be ready to do steps eight and nine. And in step eight, I went to my sponsor, was admonished not to make any apologies or amends until we talked and had an action plan. And then when I got to step nine, I had to go to the people I had harmed and the institutions and try my best to repair the damage that I'd done in the past. I had attempted to sweep away the debris which had accumulated so I may live my life feeling free and serene. But an apology without changing my ways was not to be done. And in my case, with my husband and my son, I had to consistently make living amends because to say I'm sorry for doing something, I will not do it in the future and then turn around to do it just didn't work. I had to avoid also for me the temptation to skip the more humiliating amends, saying that it isn't the right time or uh, 
and not now. The only time I was told to not make an amends if was if it created more new wreckage. But I shouldn't delay out of fear, and I must, must, must take responsibility for the well-being of others. This is in the very spirit for me of step nine. I had to remember not to criticize them for their actions and accept responsibility only for mine. I cannot just make a remorseful mumbling that I'm sorry. I had to look them in the eye. And before I went to them to make a sincere amends and a sincere desire to change my actions, I went to God to ask him to show me the way of humility and tolerance and patience and love and to guide my words. I really wanted to have those promises that are on page 83. I knew in order to achieve them, I had to do these things and I could not, I could not avoid it. Gentle reminder. Thank you so much. And also, I had to wait to listen in case they wanted to add something that I might have forgotten. Thank you all again for the opportunity to teach me every day. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. So, as a reminder, and for those who might have joined a little late this morning, we are in the big book, Chapter 5, How It Works, and we are on page 59. We're reading from the second paragraph that starts here are the steps we took and we're and someone is unmuted with a lot of noise. Please star one to mute your phones. Thank you so very much. Through step nine may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And we are sharing on steps eight and nine. So giving me your first name and last initial one time, who would like to share? Star one, please. Sandy N. Lauren N. Darian K. Darian K. Tina S. Russ M. Okay, stop there. Melissa C. Okay, I've got Tina S, Lauren N, Darian K, Russ M, and Melissa C. Tina S, would you please go ahead? Thanks so much, Maura. Sorry for saying my name several times. I couldn't hear what you were saying. <laughs> Apologize. Um, recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. Wow, I heard some really great things. And, you know, that's the good news for me today. When I keep getting on the line, you know, I keep hearing, you know, the solution for uh, my problem, which is, you know, a spiritual bankruptcy. And, you know, I just, you know, I wasn't going to share either. And, and I, you know, I, I had, um, I love step eight because it says we made a list of persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. You know, I make a list, I become willing. And my sponsor always told me that God would present the opportunity. I can remember, you know, I'm, I live in Florida and I've shared some of this before, but I just remembered this particular amends. I live in Florida. I'm from Pennsylvania. So most of my stuff was that needed to be done in Pennsylvania. So I was on a mission. I flew to Pennsylvania. I was going to make all these amends. Well, Nobody was available. I didn't make one amend that trip. But what happens was God presents the opportunity. And, and for years, I, my, um, when I was younger, my mother was in and out of mental institutions all my life. And, and uh, when I was older, old enough to go and understand, I wouldn't go. 
I wouldn't go see her. You know, I just, I was just so far removed. I kind of distanced myself from my mother. And later on in years back, and it was like 20 years later, I had the opportunity because, you know, God changes me and I become willing, you know, I'm just willing to do this thing. And I was able to go to a facility that my mother was in and to just be there for her and to want to be there for her. And, you know, and I didn't have to say a word to her. You know, that was the good news about this amend. I didn't have to tell her, you know, I didn't have to cause more harm. Say, hey, you know, when you were in the hospital, I didn't want to be around you. I didn't have to cause more harm in that. I just could suit up and show up and be of service and to see the smile on her face that I had been there, which, you know, is so freeing. So when I let God take care of this stuff and I don't try to make stuff happen, you know, I have an opportunity to, to be free. And uh, with that, I'll pass with some great stuff. Thanks. Thank you, Tina. Lauren N., your turn, followed by Darian K. Good morning, Maura. This is Lauren N. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Thank you all for being here every day and reminding me of my steps and my step work and not that I need reminding because I do it every day and I know I need to lean into God every day. Step nine Wow, it was so powerful. I wrote letters, I called people, I talked to them face to face. The most moving amends I think I made was with my son, um, who suffers from our disease. And um, he grew up with a mother who was very sick. And I make that amends every single day in the way I act towards him. I'm loving and not judgmental like I was when he was growing up. And that has helped me be a better person every single day. I still slip into my humanness, but I'm able to recognize it very often and able to recognize it in a way that allows me to be a better person every single day. Thank God for that. The hardest amends I made was with my mother who had been who had been dead, well, has been dead for many, many years. Forty something years, forty four years. I was fourteen years old when she passed and it was really hard to grow up without her. And she gave me this disease. It's passed down through generations, right? So I was able to go and stand on her gravesite, and I sprinkled M&Ms, little colorful M&Ms on her grave and said, thank you for giving me this disease because it helped me get through the years that I wanted to kill myself. I would not be alive today had I not had this disease to help me get through it. The years without a mother, with an abusive family, but I'm able to understand today that it was the, the power of living through that and having this disease that helped me stay alive. And she did what she could and she didn't leave me like I thought she did. She didn't want to die. 
It's through making those amends that allows me to stay clean and sober one day at a time in this program. Gentle reminder. Thank you all, and I pass. Thank you, Lauren N. Darian K., it's your turn, followed by Russ M. Hi, I'm Darian K. from the Berkshires. Can you hear me okay? Yes, thank you. Okay, thank you. Massachusetts, that is. Um, oh, I'm so grateful. So, oh my gosh, I'm so heartwarmed by all the um, beautiful sharing that I'm hearing this morning from 347 of you out there, you know, listening and sharing. Um, just, um, oh, just a wonderful, wonderful thing to be able to call in and and hear such. Um, authentic people, you know, just heartfelt sharing. And that's really what I think the um, eighth and ninth step is all about, too. It really changes your heart. Um, it makes it, you know, it makes it brighter. It makes it, you know, it takes the weight off of things, you know, and literally and figuratively, this program takes the weight off, you know. Um, and, you know, I did do a you know, amends in the past. Um, and I made sure that I talked to my sponsor about them too because, you know, sometimes I think I probably think I need to apologize to everybody, you know, and there's certain people that need it, you know, and certain people that maybe don't. Um, I do think, in my opinion, my humble opinion, that you wanted, I mean, I wanted to acknowledge myself definitely for the things that I missed out on because of my disease. So I did, in fact, put myself on the list, but I didn't stop there. And that wasn't my one amends that I made and I was done. But I did acknowledge the fact that, you know, I hurt myself with food and ultimately hurt others. Um, but there's one thing I wanted to share, and I just find this super interesting these days because I feel, really feel God puts you in places for reasons. I have this new job, and I work with children um, who need some um, assistance with pragmatics. And one of the things that we work with is the apology formula. And I thought, my goodness, there's an apology formula out there? Wow. And part of it, and so what it is is saying you're sorry for a certain thing, acknowledging what that is. But there's a part in there that I really clung to that I don't do that's so important in my opinion. It's actually turning it around and saying, if, I, if you did that to me, I would feel such and such. And I thought, wow, I don't do that. I just say, I'm sorry for doing blah, blah, blah. I won't do it again, or please accept my apology. But the part about putting yourself in someone's shoes made me really open my eyes wide. And so in the future, when I make my amends, that's going to be part of it, you know. And so I sat there with that student learning Gentle right along reminder. with him. Thank you. Right along with him that there's, there's a certain thing that you need to do, and that's Fine. to actually put yourself in their shoes. So thank you so much. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Darian K. Russ M., it's your turn, followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Mark. Russ M., recovered compulsive over here outside of Philly. So the amends process, for me, you know, I, I was really fearful going into it. And uh, I just had to take that step 
and as I did each amends, you know, uh, my if the fear was ripped off of me, it kept coming off, and I saw little miracles each way. You know, a few of them they weren't so great. You know, because um, you know, I was in the wrong. I mean, that's why we do it. We're we're in the wrong. You know, not everybody's going to take it as as a you know an olive branch or whatever what have you. But uh, I had to, and it hurt and it hurt. But I hurt that person. You know, one thing hit me when I was doing my amends to my kids is that you know my my goal after doing the amends to my children with my children, it's like. I don't want to have to say I'm sorry again. And I don't mean that from an ego standpoint. I just don't want to be in a position where I, that I put myself in that I'm crazy or I'm hurting people. I want to strive so I don't have to make the amends. It's not going to happen. We're going to have to make amends. But that it's not always about, oh, man, he's changed. He apologizes now. But how about I get to the point where I'm at peace and I don't really have to apologize because I'm thinking of the other person. You know, and that's what I'm striving for. It's really difficult. Also, the financial amends, you know, I'm going to be doing that. That's going to be for the rest of my life because I created so much financial damage uh, just through myself, maybe not even through the disease. I can't always put it on the disease. I had actions that I, you know, I just overspent, and and uh, I, have to, I have to make them right. So it's going to take time to do that. So my point is, you know, I, I just don't want to always – have to, when people see me come and say, oh, man, here he comes, I want them to see a person. Man, he's coming along. He's coming along. He admits his wrongs. He tries to make up for him, and, and he's shooting to be a, a man uh, the way God wants him to be, you know, peaceful, helpful, helpful, and loving, and to do the right thing. So thanks for letting me share. I love you guys. Have a great day. Thank you, Russ M., Melissa C., it is your turn. Hi. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in New York. And um, that's just really, yeah, really good stuff this morning. Um, I'm, I'm grateful that, that that we really do these steps in sequence um, and that um, I did not go about making amends until – I'd really done a thorough inventory because, um, you know, I deceived myself. I was always the victim, you know, and it wasn't true. It was just what I, it was a lie I spun. And so I needed to really uh, uncover the fact that I was not this great victim, that I had, I had some responsibility and I had to make some really uncomfortable, like everybody, uncomfortable amends. And, you know, some of them um, that I made were beautiful. They were like heartfelt, lovely moments, um, and that's great. But the ones that were actually messy, um, not messy in that I can do, you know, I followed what I was supposed to do, but messy in the sense that they didn't, they didn't end like, you know, like a sitcom, you know, where like in 30 minutes the problem is resolved and everyone hugs and, it, it wasn't like that. Like, I had to make um, a couple of amends to some people who, um, they, they, weren't, they, they weren't gracious. They did not receive my amends, um, you know, in a lovely manner. In fact, one of them, like, made a joke and, you know, rubbed my face in it a little bit. And I was so grateful that I had really prayed well before um, making the amends to him. Um, it was my brother-in-law, you know, and, 
and that I had done a lot of praying consistently, saying that, you know, the sick man's prayer and, and asking God to remove this resentment towards him. And when I did that, I kept um, visualizing him as as a baby, as a child. You know, I would see him as a child of God, and then he wasn't so scary. And I could really um, go to him with a much more compassionate manner, you know. And so when he didn't receive my amends, you know, beautifully it was okay i had this relationship with god and that's where my faith really grew i you know i made another amends to my aunt who hung up on me she didn't want to hear it and um and i again found god there and the beautiful thing is both of those amends have grown into be living amends i have no issues with either of those people today my aunt i've actually helped my mother and my aunt um who hadn't spoken in years reunite, you know, and, um, and I could never have planned that. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. And um, let's see here, doing math real quick. Um, we have time for three or four shares. Uh, no, I can't add it all. How about two shares? Reva B. Sandy. Larry and Reva. Okay. Larry. Debbie from Reva. Chicago. I got. I'm sorry. I'm only have time for two more. Thank you. Larry K and Reva P. Larry K, please go ahead. Okay. Thanks, Maura. Appreciate it. Yeah. The, you know. Um. I really enjoyed what what people had to say. I, I Katie F shared some things that were really important to me. What I took from from her share was kind of a, you know, I don't know where in my, in the big book and in the instructions on step nine, it talked to me that, I, you know, it told me that I was going to, that I was going to be reconciled with the person, that I was going to receive forgiveness, that I was going to feel better as a result of cleaning up my side of the street. Um, you won't find that, you won't find that in your instructions. Now, th those things may happen. But in my ego, I was chasing after forgiveness oftentimes, reconciliation. And I'll be honest with you, in some cases, for those that I had created harm, you know what, they may have created more harm than I, towards me than I created to, you know, for them. So really what my hope was in my own ego state was that I would show them the way to do it here. And, you know, maybe just maybe they'll, you know, they'll 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 turn it around and, and, and ask me for, for you know for forgiveness for the harms they, they had done towards me and that would feel really good. See none of those instructions, you won't find those things in the big book because this is about cleaning up my side of the street. And I didn't get that. I didn't get that. I really, really in my selfishness, I wanted to feel better as a result of making these amends. I wanted reconciliation, you know, I wanted forgiveness. Now, in some cases, those things came, but but oftentimes they didn't, and that's okay. We still clean up our side of the street because this is a process. Remember what we're after. In, in total, these steps are designed to produce an essential psychic shift, a spiritual awakening within you so that you can be brought into alignment with the higher power of your own understanding, and that comes through this, these, these steps done in sequence. And I'm grateful for that because I'm not the same guy, not the same guy that I used to be, but I'm not perfect. With that, I pass. Thanks, Maura. 
Thanks, Larry. Rita P., it's your turn. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. Um, I so wanted to share because for me, you know, why do I do these steps eight and nine? I don't do them because I want to be a better person. I don't do them um, with the expectation that people are going to like me better. I'm going to be your friend now. We're going to get along now because if I do that, um, I'm in for failure. I do them because this is why I binged. I binged because I felt so guilty because at some level I knew I was creating wreckage because I knew I was that tornado roaring my way through the lives of people and clashing everywhere I went. And I felt guilt and shame and that fueled my binges. And if I don't do these two steps, I haven't completed the inventory process because I find people make such a big deal about step four but the inventory process is four through nine, and I don't get promises until I finish step nine. And for me, the amends is not so much what I say only, um, but what I say, I have learned from the mentors who've gone ahead of me and from Vision that I have to include at least four or five things. I have to say a specific statement of the offending behavior. I have to then say that I take full responsibility for that behavior and the decisions I made. And that's not easy. Um, and then third, I have to acknowledge what harm I caused. Fourth, I express deep regret. And five, I say what my intentions are to prevent this from happening again. Because if I go around saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I keep doing the same old thing, that's not really amending the behavior. This is about change. Um, and thank you, God, I did the major amends when I went through this process years and years ago. Um, but I got to tell you, still to this day, the hardest amends are to the ones who are closest to me, to the people who live with me, who I live with. Um, and it's not easy, but it is so freeing. It is so freeing. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Um, well, we have one minute, and by the time someone says anything, um, who would like the one minute or less? Okay, I'll take Sandy the one minute or less. Maura Z. Sandy, go ahead. You probably have about 40 seconds. Sandy? Okay. Well, this is Morazine Recovered in Virginia, and I will just tell you that steps eight and nine are absolutely freedom. They allow me to walk through that arch. They allow me to hold my head up high because I no longer have anything to hide. I have cleaned up my side of the street. I have made my amends, and I can continue to walk through life being the person God wants me to be. And with that, I'll pass. And it is now time to close the meeting. And so I will ask Katie G to please read on page 164, and we will follow that with the serenity prayer. Katie G? Hi, Maura. I'm sorry. Hang on one second. I just had a baby. Hang on one sec. Just needed her bottle. Okay, here we go. Katie G, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. 
God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you have not got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.